Hey friend, thank you so much for joining us for this, the last day of a week of broadcasts that I've enjoyed immensely. And I'll tell you what, this one I think is my favorite of all. I'm excited to share with you what God's laid on my heart for us today. The theme and the thought has been this, God help us, we need an Ezra. And today we're going to look at God's part of the equation. When we choose to do right, when we choose to follow him, when we choose holiness, God then has his part of the equation. And it's amazing to see, I've said this before, and I'm not jumping into anything too quickly, but we've got to realize that us plus God make a majority. And it doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what hard time you have in front of us. You plus God make a majority. But here's the great thing. He doesn't even need you. So grab your Bibles, go to the book of Ezra, if you would, chapter number seven. While you're doing that, let me quickly tell you about a gospel tract. It's called Proclaim Liberty. It's actually the title comes from a quote, the book of Leviticus, chapter number 25. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Now, you may be thinking that this gospel tract is all about American liberty and, and the, the freedoms, the God-given freedoms that our Constitution and Bill of Rights enshrines. It's actually not. Yes, that idea of proclaiming liberty, it encircles the top of the famous Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, and we know that freedom is wonderful, but can I tell you this? The real freedom, the most real freedom, may I tell you that true liberty, it can only be found in God's word and in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and that's what this gospel track tries to convey, and it does a great job of it. You can go to BibleTracksInc.org. Think of, if you would, a bird cage with birds in there that are perfectly capable of flight, but have no ability, no recourse to free themselves. They're not powerful enough to break the bonds of that cage, of that imprisonment. And then imagine the door being opened and those birds taking flight. Freedom. Proclaim liberty. What is the Bible talking about when it says proclaim liberty. I'm going to ask you again, go to BibleTracksInc.org today. It just might help you. It just might be a blessing. And maybe this will be something you can pass along to other people around you. It's called Proclaim Liberty. Find it at BibleTracksInc.org. Just like all of our tracks, you guessed it, it's completely free. Now, the book of Ezra, chapter number eight. Would you find your place there with me? For time's sake, I'm not going to give you the full context of everything we've talked about the previous days of this week of broadcasts, but if you'd like to hear the context, if you'd like to see or listen to archived versions of this broadcast, you can find it multiple different ways. You can listen to the audio-only podcast version. Just go to your favorite podcast player, search for Bible Tract Echoes. You can find it on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, you can listen to this broadcast. You can also find it on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Bible Tracks Inc., Bible Tracked Echoes. You'll find all of those things. But just so everything does make sense as we jump into this, the final day of our week, We've got to realize what we talked about yesterday was this. We, our part of the equation, if we are going to be in Ezra, our part of the equation is 
we've got to bring holiness to the table because God doesn't use dirty vessels. If you would look at chapter 8, verse number 22, here's what the Bible says, Ezra 8, 22. For I was ashamed to require of the king of band of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy in the way because we had spoken unto the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all them for good that seek him, but his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. Now you say, what does this have to do? We're kind of jumping into the middle of things here. Let me explain here. Ezra and the people with him, the band of people, were going to be traveling. We won't get into all the context here. And they told the king. The king asked them. He, he tried to impress upon them and say, hey, would you like to take a band of soldiers, a band of horsemen to protect you? Because some of the people of the other lands, of the other countries, aren't a big fan of what the Israelites, what Ezra was trying to do. And Ezra said, hey, king, I greatly appreciate it. I'm paraphrasing here, of course. But we don't need your soldiers because God and his good hand can take care of us. And one of the reasons Ezra so firmly believed that is because he and the people that were with them were striving to not only do God's will, but they were trying to be holy unto the Lord. But realize this, before you claim God's hand, you better have holiness. To kind of follow up on that point, would you look at the book of Proverbs, chapter number 1? I'll begin reading in uh, verse number 23, Proverbs 1. I'm turning there myself. Proverbs 1, verse number 23, the Bible says this. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded but ye have said it not, all my counsel, and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh, when your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come up, cometh upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. You see, God has an exceedingly strong hand that he wants to offer to you, but you better take advantage of the opportunity now. Now, here's what I'd like to do. For the next few moments, I'd like to contrast between our hand and his hands. We've talked about our part of the equation. We need to bring holiness, okay? But God brings his hand, and it's amazing what God's hand can do. You, you realize, friend, that he spoke the entire universe into existence with just his voice. He didn't even need his hand. So think about how, how powerful his hands are. Would you allow me for just a few moments to give the Lord a little bit of credit, to praise him a little bit about the power in his hands? Would you allow me to go A to Z? Because we've talked about our part, the holiness. Now we're going to talk about his part and his hand. We, we don't understand the power difference. You see, you remember when you were a kid, maybe boy or girl, remember arm wrestling with your dad? I, I remember when I was a little boy, I, there's no way I could beat my dad. He was a big, strong army man, 6'2", big, bald-headed man. I remember I would be, let's see, maybe seven or so. My next youngest brother was about five, and then the, the youngest one was three or so. And we would all gang up together, and we would try to beat my dad. And our combined strengths together, now he would maybe be down on the floor or at a table, and we would all arm wrestle together, 
in that grown man strength that my father had, we couldn't beat him. But what about, imagine the disparity in strength between my dad and us as little boys. Now imagine the strength of a God that has no beginning and has no end. Let me give you the A to Z's of our God and his hand, if you would. When I'm about to quit, he reaches down as Abba, Father. When I forget to count my blessings and my hands start to blister and break from the burden, I think about the blessed hope breaking through the clouds with an outstretched hand. When I get crushed under circumstances, I just remember the chief shepherd and his caring hands. When I think I might as well die, the delivering hand shows up. When I get emotional, the hand of El Shaddai, God Almighty, makes an appearance. When I am a failure, his hand is still faithful. When I get down and give up, the gracious hand of God gives relief. When the way gets hard and I'm hurting, his helping hand is right there. When I think it's impossible, the hand of I am shows up. When I judge myself for my past, the judge says, I don't remember them anymore. When I think I'm just about to keel over, the king of kings is already on his way. When my hand is limited, I remember that he didn't even need his hands to say, let there be light. When I'm meek and meager, he's mighty and masterful. When I'm not enough, I can think about the name that is above every name and his nail-scarred hands. When it seems like I'm the only one serving God, our Father, he says, this looks like an opportunity for his glory, for my glory. When I'm persecuted, the Prince of Peace is always passing by. When I want to quit, the Bible says that the very mountains quake at his presence. When I'm reeling, he is a refuge. When I'm restless, he is the rock. When I'm not satisfied, my shepherd wants to lead me to shady green pastures. When I get tired, when I run out of talent in my own hands, he is timeless and he is true. When I'm under my circumstances, the undisputed champion of the universe lifts me up. When I feel like a victim, I remember that I've been grafted by his kind hands into the vine. When my hands are weak, I'm reminded that he literally carved his words into tablet of stone with his hand. And when my hand wavers, his hand is wonderful. When I'm overextended, almost expired, I'm exhausted. The exalted, excellent hand of God is right on time. Your life may seem hard, but your heavenly father is reaching out his hand. When you can't find your zeal, remember... Zion is on the other shore. In short, my friend, there is an enormous contrast between your hands and his hands. Wouldn't you like to have access to those hands? What if your part of the equation is simply accepting him as your savior and choosing. I'm, this is not some plea for legalism. This is not some advice or counsel towards a, towards a pharisaical attitude. When I say holiness, I'm not talking about living in such a way that you are so quote unquote perfect that God can't help but work through your life. I'm talking about you making a conscious choice to choose to want to live like Christ as a Christian, a little Christ. If your part is holiness and his part is his hand, what is the product? What is the result of that union? Well, 
there is grace, and there is hope. Would you, for just a moment, look at the book of Ezra, chapter 9, and verse number 8? And now, for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape, to give us a nail in his holy place, that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. That's what we need as a people, as a nation, as a world. Just a little bit of grace. Thankfully, I know a God that has unlimited grace. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening this week. Would you cement that thought in your mind? God help us. We need an Ezra. Would you be an Ezra today? Thanks for listening. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.